2022, a brand new year. And in the transfer pricing world, you know what that means. Many transfer pricing regulations that were in the planning stages are now officially in effect. Hello, everyone. I'm Matthew DeMello, your host of The Fiona Show, hot off the press, cross-border solutions, weekly transfer pricing news podcast. And new laws are not necessarily bad news, at least not if you know about them. And that's where we come in. Which jurisdiction has new transfer pricing reporting standards? Which country has written draft laws? And which jurisdiction isn't particularly excited about the OECD's two-pillar plan going into effect? We've got it all for you, hot off the press. But first, a message from my friends and yours at Cross-Border Solutions. Hi, I'm Matthew DeMello, and you may know me as the host of the Fiona Show Cross-Border Solutions Weekly Transfer Pricing Podcast. And while I love to discuss transfer pricing, this podcast isn't the only place you can hear me doing it. Cross-Border Solutions recently relaunched Transfer Pricing University, a live webinar series where you can learn about modern-day transfer pricing, everything from methodologies to comparables to preparing documentation to meet country-specific regulations. Good stuff, I know. Chief Economist Mimi Song leads the sessions. I just ask the occasional obvious question. Since our program is NASBA certified, you can earn one CPE credit for joining each session. Pretty sweet. So what are you waiting for? Join us for Transfer Pricing University Weekly. Classes are free, so now you really have no reason to miss it. Sign up at xbs.ai tpu. Thailand may not be a member of the OECD, but that doesn't mean it's not serious about tackling base erosion and profit shifting. Last fall, Thai Revenue released new mandatory transfer pricing documentation requirements, which incorporate reporting highlights from the OECD and add to them. If you have business in Thailand, pay attention. The regulations apply to periods on or after January 1st, 2021. In other words, now. So what does Thai Revenue want to see? A big picture overview should include the master file's greatest hits, information about the nature of the business, including an org chart, a value chain, and business strategies, but you'll also have to include information about key clients and competitors. Information about related party transactions must be documented as well. Thai Revenue wants specific information, including the nature of the transactions, details about the foreign related party, the price setting policies, any assumptions used in price setting, and summaries of relevant contracts. A functional analysis, including changes to prior years, is mandatory as are other OECD standards. Financial information used to determine the transfer price, how the transfer pricing method was implemented, and relevant details regarding the benchmarking study, assuming you have to do one. If the taxpayer's total revenue is less than 500 million Thai baht, or 15 million US dollars, then the company is exempt from the comparability analysis, including the comparable search strategy and results. And let's not forget the country-by-country country report, which is also required for companies meeting certain criteria, including an annual consolidated revenue threshold of 28 billion Thai baht, roughly 839 million US dollars, 
or 740 million euros, a little lower than the 750 million euro threshold recommended by the OECD. The CBC report reveals information about a company's financials and may be shared with other tax authorities. Another hoop to jump through, Thailand's transfer pricing documentation must be completed in Thai, but the CBC report needs to be in English. But perhaps the most distinguishing factor is the deadline. While most countries allow the CBC report to be filed within 12 months after the ultimate parent entity's fiscal year end, Thai Revenue wants it filed within 150 days after the fiscal year end, with the corporate tax return a very tight turnaround. It seemed like a global kumbaya moment back in October when 137 countries agreed to the OECD's global tax reform. But not every signature spelled enthusiasm. Ireland, as you may recall, held out on signing, conceding at the 11th hour only once its own demands were met. The Emerald Isle agreed to the two-pillar plan after insisting that the phrase, quote, at least 15% minimum tax, unquote, be changed to simply, quote, a 15% minimum tax, unquote, thus prohibiting any country from upping the global minimum tax requirement. Oh, the difference two little words can make. While Ireland faced critics for hemming and hawing, the country did have its reasons. In fact, on a recent Irish radio show, Ireland's finance minister, Pascal Donahoe, claimed that when the OECD's plan goes into effect in 2023, he expects Ireland's corporate income tax revenue to take a hit. In 2021, the government collected 15.3 billion euros in tax revenue. That's about 17.3 billion U.S. dollars, a quarter of Ireland's total tax revenue and a 30% increase from 2020. But Donahoe is sure the country won't see those kinds of numbers once the OECD's plan takes shape. Despite the expectation that corporate revenues will decline due to dips in corporate profits and the fact that Pillar 1's tax reallocation will root tax dollars away from home, Ireland plans to take one for the global team and in 2023 increase its tax rate from 12.5% to the global minimum of 15%. What does this mean for multinational companies? Tax-friendly Ireland will be on the lookout for lost revenue. And where do you think the government is going to look for it? You guessed it, multinational companies transfer pricing. Transfer pricing rules are one step closer to becoming law in Malta, though there still seems to be a long road ahead. In December, Malta opened its draft transfer pricing rules to public consultation. You can voice your support or opposition. Until February 28th, 2022, Malta has enacted a country-by-country -country report requirement but hasn't adopted the master and local files into law. However, the draft legislation lays the groundwork for more documentation requirements, and if Malta takes a nod from other EU countries, then more stringent documentation requirements could come later. For now, Malta's draft legislation would adopt the OECD's definition of arm's length, meaning the pricing that independent parties would have agreed to in a similar arrangement and steer taxpayers to OECD guidelines in terms of how transfer pricing rules should be applied. However, Malta hasn't declared which transfer pricing methods can be used to determine arm's length pricing. The draft legislation notes that micro, small, or medium-sized companies 
will be excluded from having to adhere to the transfer pricing rules, and it lists provisions about the scope of advanced pricing agreements. While the move is a big step forward for Malta, the rules themselves are hardly remarkable. However, when you consider that even the tiny island nation of Malta, the smallest country in the EU, has put transfer pricing compliance on its priority list, well, that certainly tells you something now, doesn't it? Feeling the runner's high of a quick run through the headlines? Well, then you're going to love the other shows in cross-border solutions tax podcast suite. That's the Fiona Show R&D tax credit, the Fiona Show tax provision, and our anchor program, the Fiona Show transfer pricing. Subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's the Fiona Show hot off the press, and we'll keep you up to date on the latest regulation changes in the jurisdictions that matter to you the most. My name is Matthew DeMello, and they let me host, edit, and engineer this podcast. Mary Lynn Mitchumstrom is our executive producer and wrote today's script. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. We'll catch you next week.